Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Wow, a full house, Angie Austin, and lots of friends today. We've got Beatrice Bruno, Drill Sergeant of Life, Donna Hetzler with Jericho Girls, Rebecca Barth, author and speaker, um, and also, are you still doing your ministry? Uh, not really actively right now. Yeah, you've yeah. got a lot on your plate with homeschooling know. and your job. Mm-hmm. And Deborah States, and Deborah's got a conference coming up at the end of January, Women's Conference, and we're going to talk about that as well. All right, welcome, ladies. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. How are you? Everybody good? Everybody good? Great. Yes. All right. I've got one good news story, but then I have um, a, a question. I, I think it's fun when we have this many Christian women. We hope that we brighten your day, and, and we hope we get you thinking. I mean, as you know, it is Christmas time, such a big deal for us as Christians. How can we encourage others? So what is your favorite way to encourage others? Or have you done something in the past at Christmas time to reach out to someone? Many people are lonely right now. You know, for instance, my brother, his funeral was uh, on Christmas Eve. So, you know, my mom, this is a tough time for her as well. And some people who've lost a spouse or are depressed. So think about something you've done in the past now, Rebecca, I remember you telling me a funny story once about how you passed this guy and he was like on the side of the road and then you had to go like, you go, Angie, I yes. didn't just have to turn around. I had to go down the highway, get <laughs> off, go back down the highway further, then get off the next and then come back on the highway yes. to, like, to, to do something for him because you felt God calling you. But I think we oftentimes when we get called, we're like, oh, God, call somebody else. I'm busy. I'm in a rush. I don't need to encourage that person or help that person. So think about that question. That'll be next. And you think as well, um, listen. Listening right now, what do you or what could you do to encourage someone this time of year? Um, I've got a great example too from one of my girlfriends that I want to share with you guys that she had her kids do for some um, girl at school that was kind of left out and bullied. All right, I want to start with the good news, and this is just a sweet story. Of the I love the power of one, how one person can make a difference. Absolutely. And this is a woman. And she reminds me of my old friend in Los Angeles. We did the dog segments together. And when I went to her house, I'm like, what? Is every, like, dog that's, like, ready to die at your house? (laughs) I mean, they were blind. They wet, you know, the rug. They um, would walk. One of them was blind and deaf and would walk around in the backyard and bump into the fence. Oh, my God. And she said, well, I take the ones no one wants. But some of these dogs have a lot of life in them. I think of my um, friend, Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald, that I did segments on Channel 2 with for years. Mm -hmm. And he's on Animal Planet. He has this dog, Yoda, who I think is, like, 22 years old. The little one, the yeah, little, the little black one. Yeah, he's been around and forever. And it's been missing teeth forever. And he got the dog when it was old. He thought it would live like another year, and it's lived like another eight years. Oh I'm goodness. not kidding you. And I last time I talked to him, I'm like, "Oh, you probably lost Yoda, right?" Here. Oh no, he's, he's Yoda's going. right here. You know, it's unbel- I mean, I don't think he has a tooth in his head. His, his tongue falls out of his mouth <laughs> oh, because there's no those. teeth yes. to keep it in. Yeah. So here's part one of a woman again. Think of the power of one. And this is a woman who's decided she's going to find homes for these old dogs that no one wants. I was volunteering at shelters and I would see the older dogs come in 
and they weren't even put up for adoption. I'd see the life leave their eyes, actually, and I would go in every day and walk them and tell them everything was gonna be okay, but everything wasn't gonna be okay, and I knew I had to do something. So I started taking them home one at a time and finding them great homes, and I realized that there was a hole in the rescue world and nobody was really standing up for these old dogs and, and helping them have a second chance. So I started Muttville. Muttville's mission is to rescue senior dogs slated for euthanasia all over California and change the way the world thinks and feels about senior dogs. My name is Sherry Franklin and I am the founder and executive director of Muttville Senior Dog Rescue. Muttville Senior Dog Rescue, and here's a woman who's just volunteering at the shelter, didn't like seeing these dogs put to sleep, and decided that she'd make a difference, started taking them home, but not keeping them all. She went to the uh, you know, extra mile to find them home, so here's part two. We call Muttville the happy place. It's cage-free. All the dogs live and hang out together. We work in there. Our offices, our desks are in there with the dogs. There's dog beds everywhere. We usually have light jazz playing, sometimes rock. And uh, the dogs are free to roam around and, and get to feel a sense of freedom that they wouldn't normally feel in a shelter. Muffville is committed to every dog that comes through our door. And Sometimes the dogs come and they have terminal illnesses. Those dogs we find homes for as well. We call it our FOSPIS program. In 2016, we will have saved over 4,000 dogs. That's 4,000 dogs on death row, slated for euthanasia. And I'm really, really proud of that. I've had so many people come back and tell me how their little dog has changed their life or changed their mother's life. People that never got out of the house are now, now know their neighbors and, and they walk their dogs everywhere. So I think that sometimes adopting a dog rescues the person as much as it rescues the dog. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> they didn't just rescue all daughters crying. I'm crying. This that, is so near and dear they, to my heart. They didn't uh. just rescue the dog. They rescued the person. Yes. Because yes. think of all the joy that those dogs brought to other people. Why does that hit you so hard, Donna? Oh, oh I've been rescuing huskies. Um, oh, that's what my daughter time. wants so badly. Oh, they're great dogs and they're high maintenance. But one that I'm thinking of is little Jessie. And when I found her, she was tied up to a pole and she'd been hit repeatedly oh. over the head with a shovel. Oh. And so she would not even approach us and we had other huskies at the time and so I took her into the vet we got all the shots and we just loved on this little dog and a year later when we took her back to the vet the vet's like what did you do to this little dog she is totally changed mm. and I'm like I just loved her and she loved me back and it was Aww. just it was just so beautiful when you rescue a dog and it changes your life it, it really does, does. oh yeah. that's yeah. sweet yeah. my dog's <laughs> been asking for a husky for quite some time my seven-year-old and I'm such a caring mom as such a giver that I gave her um, a husky is stuffed with the big blue eyes, you know, because oh, I'm like, yeah. that is as close right now as we're getting to a dog. Because <laughs> of the whole, you know, they're not ready I was for always bringing them home when I was Rio. a, yeah, and my husband has has tamed me because I had four at one time. Oh, <laughs> well, gosh. I would find them on the on the street and nobody would take care of them and we'd take them and bathe them and get them their shots. And, and I got to tell you, I, you know, I, I work in a building and um, we had squirrels got, got in the ceiling 
Okay, a whole mama and the whole family was up there, and I come in first thing in the morning at six in the morning, so I, I hear them going all over. Well, anyway, they were gonna they were gonna poison them, and I'm like. You can't do that. <laughs> well, for one, I, I told him, I said, well, they'll die up there and stink, you know? So anyway, I, I had them trap them, and I took them home, and I put them in my front tree, and I still feed them every oh, morning. Sweet. <laughs> I love it. Areas. I love that. My husband calls me Ellie Mae. I'm like, <laughs> So funny. That's right. I'm a critter person. Beverly Hills yes. Okay, um, or here's my question for you. And again, there's five of us here in the studio today, and I want you to think about it as well as you're driving or sitting at home or wherever you are. Um, what could you do this month to encourage someone? It's Christmas time. Many people are sad and lonely. Or what have you done in the past? Or what are you known for in terms of uh, encouraging? So just something involving encouragement, what you could do or what you've done. And I want to share the channel mom, Jenny Dean Schmidt. In fact, she's doing our women's conference with us mm-hmm. on January 28th. I love this woman. She... Um, she and I worked in news together, and uh, now we both do Christian radio. And she said that she asked Georgia, her daughter, to pick one kid out from school that didn't have many friends and maybe got in trouble a little more than other kids or maybe was bullied and get make something for her or give something to her. So she did. Um, she made her a scarf, I believe. And then she set it on her desk when she wasn't looking. And the girl asked everyone, you know, did you put this on my desk? Did you put this on my desk? And she was so overjoyed. And she said she couldn't believe that anyone would give her anything because she just couldn't believe that she she was worthy of a present. And she wrote Georgia a note that said, you're my best friend. And Jenny said ever since and every year, Georgia's given her something for Christmas. I love that. Yeah, I do too. I do. How about you, Rebecca? I think we need to just be aware, pay attention to when there's an opportunity because opportunity yeah, tell that one that I was talking about because that's pretty funny you're like Angie and I had to drive down the highway get a different exit I had to go back I felt called to go back to the guy that was asking for something on the side of the road and I wasn't happy about it I know you weren't you didn't want to answer God's call I did not want to answer God's call so I just keep it real someone else answer your call God <laughs> right I, I was pulling off the freeway there's a homeless guy and I just felt right after I uh, pulled away. Even sitting there, I thought, oh, I should do something for him. But then when I pulled away, I felt the Holy Spirit say, you go get that guy mm-hmm. a gift card at McDonald's. It was about to thunder uh, and do lightning and all that kind of dangerous stuff out there. I thought, oh, he's going to be caught. He's Where is he going to go? He needs money mm-hmm. to go to some of these places, especially in the area where I'm at. They just don't really want loiterers around. So I had to go into McDonald's, get the gift card, and I had to get back on the freeway, go all the way to another exit, come all the way around. And then by that time, when I pulled over and talked to him, I got his name, we had a great conversation. And it's a very touching story for me. It impacted me more than it probably did him, just $10 Mm -hmm. to McDonald's. But uh, those are the opportunities that are waiting for us at the grocery store or anywhere else. Uh, For me, because we had um, the year of the ugly yeah, where we had financial ruin and a bunch of other things happen. The year of the ugly. The year of the ugly. <laughs> we were told me of the fish tank fight of 2013. <laughs> my husband and I had. Yes, the year of the ugly. Uh, we, we could. We were told we couldn't have any more children, which then, of course, God can make that happen, right. even when you can't. Amen. But uh, but that year of the ugly, I was uh, having to weigh fruit at the grocery store. So anytime now that. Money way fruit, because you only fruit. had a certain amount of yes, money. Yes, because I had $100 at the grocery store to feed my family at that time of three, and I had to be very careful yeah. with every single penny I spent. And uh, weighing fruit is what we always refer to as a time of, of hardship, when you have to weigh fruit and go, right. okay, it's a, it's a pound and a half. Right, yeah. And we do this and fit it into the budget. So now that I don't have to weigh fruit, 
Uh, sometimes I will still pick a week in the month where my kids and I will go in and we will count up everything we're going to spend and weigh fruit just to be aware, to use full coupons that week to do everything we can just to be aware of the blessings that we have. And then if there's an opportunity to bless somebody else with that financial abundance that we have now, just looking for that, I whether that. it's an extra tip to a server you'll know it, it yeah. just you'll know Robbie another one of our regular guests she says whenever she and her husband see a police officer or um, a man in uniform and she said I just pray to God I don't see like 10 of them having a big dinner <laughs> uh, that they pick up the check you know and she did this big officer she um, a while back said she was wanted to buy his coffee and he said no and she was oh don't even don't I will embarrass you I will throw a scene you better accept this coffee or I will cause a scene right here he's like oh, oh okay ma'am <laughs> all right Donna what do you think encourage someone at Christmas time or something maybe you've done in the past that you know you did that really warmed your heart and maybe gave more to you than to the person you were giving to uh, the Jericho girls like to give a gift of words and we do this oh, a lot like we do this that. on birthdays and occasionally we'll just sit one of our girls down and say you will receive this and we're going to give you a gift of words oh my gosh Deborah, you have to sit there and get all the compliments Deborah. No, that's right no, it's I'd hard to, I couldn't do that <laughs> that is hard we, we were talking earlier Don and I about how hard it is to receive uh -huh. it's it very yeah. hard, it's hard. I know, can't a woman just when someone says that's a nice outfit go oh I just got this at the thrift store it's just this whole or, thing yeah that's what I yeah. do it's like oh I found it on the clear rack you know, <laughs> you're explaining things yeah. away right right it's so hard to receive it is. you give the gift of words so you sit someone down or you, uh, for Christmas you do it so you sit them down and what and we tell them their gifts and what we see in them because we don't see those beautiful gifts that we have mm -hmm. and so a lot of times it takes you know your sister in Christ wow. to to really pour into somebody and say you know so we just did this for Sally who is my MC at the overwhelm conference yeah. and I said I had an outpouring of women say you were so phenomenal you don't even know your giftedness in getting up there and first of all commanding women which is a hard thing to do when we're all chit-chatting you know and then just her sweet and humble spirit and she just pours into women and she sat there and she said thank you we're like success yay oh, she accepted wow. our words of encouragement so listeners I would definitely encourage you to give a gift of words this holiday season mm -hmm. and if that's you know somebody that you know just a little bit you can say this is what I know about you and I want you to receive this or you can really touch somebody's life that you know very intimately my kids oh. teacher did that where they went around in a circle and they had to say something nice about each kid and he said he was really the teacher wrote he writes to us he's one of those Oprah Winfrey teachers that you know you <laughs> want to clone and he said it was I mean he was touched by how the depth of what these fifth graders had to say mm. about each other that was so kind I thought that was pretty neat and the power mm. of our words too yes. you know like we were just talking they about they break you down they, they break bring you, you down up. and they yeah. can bring you up and right. you know the scripture says that that words have the tongue That's has right. the power of life and death yeah. so choose life God says choose life Amen. so let's give life to somebody um, and to those we know and who are in our inner circle this I love that season. song speak life yes, yes I do you know, too. it shows a kid on the ground I um, got a chalk outline around him because his bullies have been not speaking life into him and so my kids are like what's going on I said well what they're showing is that the words are killing him on the inside so that's what the police do when someone dies they mark chalk around the body at least they do in the movies yeah. and um, and so they're showing that the words these bullies are using on this little boy are killing him 
on the inside. Mm. And so it's funny because when they're like, every once in a while, they'll be saying something to each other in the back seat, and then Hope will be like, speak life, speak love, speak, <laughs> speak hope. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty funny because that's, that's in the song. She's an encourager, a little oh, sister in training. Totally, yeah. Totally. Oh, in fact, that movie Trolls, which isn't uh-huh. exactly like that Christian family movie, or whatever, but it's a super sweet little movie, right? And there's Princess Poppy. And at the beginning of the movie, she says, um, the, the, somebody's talking about her, she says she likes to dance and sing and hug all day and hope looked down at me and I looked at her and I go it's you she goes it's me oh, <laughs> she likes to sing and dance and hug all day cool. so funny alright Beatrice Bruno Drill Sergeant of Life what do you think of encouragement you know I, I my main thing is the word of God says to love your neighbor as yourself mm-hmm. and see oftentimes we forget that as yourself in other words love yourself That's first right. and then that will help you to love somebody else and my thing is helping these kids to love love themselves Yeah, she first. mentors kids that really don't feel good about themselves yeah. mm. and don't believe in themselves. And some of them come from very difficult circumstances and don't believe they have a future and don't believe they're worthy of a future. So where were you when I was little? Oh. <laughs> she said that. She said, I yes, wonder what I'd be I? if I would have had a Beatrice encouraging That's me. Right. What did that exactly. boy say yeah. when you said to him, what do you want to be or what do you want to do? He said something about something his parents had put into him about not being good enough. I'll never be anything. I'll never be mm-hmm. anything. And that was she what was pounded into that. my head. Yeah. You'll never be anything. Never be Find anything. a man that can take care of you because you can't do anything right. Yeah. Wow. I met this young man um, recently in Louisiana. We were walking down the street in the French Quarter going to Cafe du Monde oh, to I get love our that beignets. Place. <laughs> yes. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, those beignets are off the charts. Oh. I'm just saying. And the coffee, Anyway, too. I don't drink coffee, but oh. those beignets, they good. got me. Ooh, but this young yum. man in um, two young black men were walking down the street and I said excuse me young man may I tell you something and they looked at me and said yes ma'am I said you guys are just as handsome as you want to be and they looked at me and I said no really I said because in society we're always told the bad stuff I said but you guys are just absolutely handsome and we started walking and talking I was with a friend of mine from here in Denver and and we got to their business place and they worked for um, Wyndham's Resort something or the other and the young man that I was talking to his name is Von Paul and I'm going to meet him again I've got his information and I said to him I said let me tell you something baby I'm from the south so let me (laughs) tell you something baby I said you can be anything you want to be and he looked at me he said thank you for telling me that he said because my stepmother just told me your your thoughts about going to college and stuff that's just stupid you need to stop all that and don't even think about going to college because this is all you're going to have in life oh I was livid and I told him I said baby you can be anything you want to be I said God has placed something inside of you that's so great you don't even know what it is Mm -hmm. and I said I want you to start reaching for that and I said I'm going to help you I gave him my business card the drill sergeant of life and I said you call me because I'm going to encourage you every step of the way he's I said what do you want to do he said I want to go back to college to be a professor Wow. he said because I want to help these kids to get to where they're supposed to be I said baby you're gonna be a professor doggone it I said don't (laughs) listen to what these other people are telling you you go out there and you do you do you understand me? That boy hugged me like, oh, like I was something that, so you know, cool. that was really important How in his life. How crazy is that? Yes. And I, I know I'm oh going to keep in touch with Bon Paul. You know, I love it. Down there in the French Quarter. Yeah, because yes. then he'll have accountability. All right, so pass this picture around. So these two young African-American men, just much like your story, uh-huh. I was in Los Angeles, and um, I had to take a picture with him. That's my girlfriend. She's the Fox News anchor in Los Angeles, and we've been friends since our news days. So we're sitting in front of Starbucks, and this woman is asking for money to send kids who are differently abled, like kids Mm -hmm. who have Down syndrome and other disabilities, to Disneyland. And I said, 
can I help you? I said, you haven't gotten any money. Let me show you how to do this. So I stood up and I said, <laughs> hey, you know, we're trying, because she didn't, like, she said, will you come back by and, and, show, and, we're, and we're collecting money. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, hey, how you doing this morning? We are trying to send kids with disabilities to Disneyland. This is so cool and you can be part of it. When you come out, will you just like drop a dollar in there when you get your change? So these two guys, and I, they, so they were so funny and they were outgoing. So I look at these two young African-American men, you know, they got cool sunglasses on, big necklaces. And I go, if I needed to, I would get money to send you to Disneyland. And then he turns to me and goes, no, I would take you to Disneyland. I go, no, I'm taking you. And he goes, I got you, boo. I got you, boo. I got you, boo. He comes out, he drops money in. He goes, can we get a picture with you? So we did a selfie. That's hilarious. Yeah. I love it. I love just like encouraging people. Yeah. What a wonderful thing. So do it this December. Hey, we've got all the ladies in here. Um, that we've got different ministries. Uh, AngieAustinRadio.com. Write to me and I can get you in touch with anyone that you hear on the show. Uh, wonderful women's conferences. Uh, tell your women's conference the date and the name. Splash, January 20th, 21st. Excellent. And we have one, me, Angie, Beatrice, and several of our friends, January 27th. 28th. And then next, uh, 28th. Did I get the date wrong of my own conference? <laughs> oh, I better just sign off now. We'll be right back. Right. My own conference. The good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. For over 120 years, the Denver Rescue Mission has been providing services to those in need and the homeless in the metro area. It is the oldest full-service Christian charity in the Rocky Mountain region. Since its conception in 1892, it has expanded to helping the homeless and hungry to provide services for men and single mothers, offering programs such as rehabilitation for those suffering from addiction and abuse, education and career centers, family services, and life restoration. The Denver Rescue Mission is always in need of your assistance. You can help this growing organization by donating clothing, food, furniture, and more at any of the drop-off locations. For more information on their services, ways you can help, and to donate online, go to denverrescuemission.org. denverrescuemission.org. Changing lives in the name of Christ. Hey, it's Angie Austin. I'm here with my friend Francis Owens with ARC. And Francis, you and I have been friends a long time, and you and I both wanted to do something with our lives, with our careers that made a difference. I love ARC. I've gotten to know so many of the differently abled ambassadors yep. through you. Yep. And it's shopping with a purpose. So when we shop there, the money actually goes to help the disabled community locally. And you need donations. We need donations all the time, and we are very, very happy to come pick them up. You can easily call 303 238 Jane, which is 303-238-5263. We would love to come pick up anything. All of our sales go to help people with disabilities around the state. We raise funds for advocacy. Love it. And you can also, of course, drop things off, but they'll come and pick things up for free. And again, all the money stays locally to help the disabled community. And I love to shop there because I find great deals. You can find out more info as well at arcthrift.org. Thank you. Perfect. Yay. Is your marriage going badly? Has addiction or sin put a wedge between you and your spouse? We can help. Our book, Caught, tells the story of how God redeemed our marriage and gives 10 holy habits that will cause your marriage to be strong. Good marriages don't just happen. We can help. Go to caughtinhisarms.com for more information and to order your copy of Caught. That's caughtinhisarms.com. 
welcome back to the good news. Well, you heard a little bit from Trisha and Peter uh, in the first segment, but as I teased for this segment, uh, we are going to actually get their story, their testimony. Uh, Trisha Lot Williford and Peter Heyer, and now it's Trisha Lot Williford Heyer. Is that <laughs> kind of right? A mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. yeah. So my writing name, my pen name, will still be Trisha Lot Williford, but legally I'm Peter's bride, and now I'm Trisha Heyer. Oh, legally Trisha Heyer. Like that? Yes. Oh, you like that? You like that too? Yes. Don't you? Yeah, you yes. do. You guys crack me up. Um, and uh, we, we're we, funny people. I know. Very. Me too. And so that's the affinity we have for each other, right? Like-minded people, we attract each other. Yeah, like magnets. Right. Right. That's yeah, how it works. Yeah, so I thought so. Right. Okay. So let's talk about. Um, you have to recap for people who haven't heard your story or maybe haven't read your blog, and they can find your blog. Yes, at trishalotwilliford.com. And your book. My first book is called "And Life Comes Back." Oh, I love that. Such yes, me title. too. All right. So recap your story of loss, and then we'll get into the exciting testimony of love coming back. Sure. Which actually involves your husband. It sure does. My oh. brand new husband. Hey. Shiny I new. I know. He gave it away already <laughs> that she's, she's married now. Okay. She did, don't say that part yet. Save it for later. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pretend that he's not here yet. Go on quiet time. Yeah. Right. So I was married when my wedding pictures looked like I was about 12 years old, but I got married when I was 20. And um, I was married to Rob for, for 10 and a half years. And we had two children together and moved across the country together and started a great life together. And we were well into the land of suburbia and minivans and toddlers and that whole realm when Rob got really sick. And um, he died. He was just sick for 12 hours. And the doctors thought that he had the flu and sent us home from the hospital. And they said, he won't die from this, but he's going to feel like it. And he died the next morning in my arms on our bedroom floor, um, two days before Christmas, six years ago, this Christmas. And I was 31 and very suddenly a single mom and a widow. And two young boys, very small. They were three and five, two preschoolers. And they lost their dad during the night, and nothing was ever the same. The bottom fell out of our world. Immediately. Immediately. Exactly. Yes. And when, when, whenever you tell the story and you say that they said he's not going to die, but he'll feel like he is going to die, <clears throat> I almost feel like it was the setup for him not to go in and get additional help. You know what I mean? Like, right. well, I'm going to feel like I'm going to die, but I'm really not dying. Well, this is normal that I would feel yes, like this, this, this because horrible. they said it feels this bad. Right. Mm -hmm. They would feel this bad. That is frightening. They told us that we should call 911 if he had any trouble breathing. And so sure enough, about 4.45 in the morning, he started to have trouble breathing. And I called 911, and he died before the paramedics got before there. Get, it was that fast. It was, yeah, it was about two and a half minutes. Now, in terms of you being able to make any sense of your pain, you just started writing. Yeah, so I had been writing before, and I had been a teacher before my kids were born. And then when they were born, and I found myself as a stay-at-home mom and thought I would love it, and I didn't love being a stay-at-home mom. I was very <laughs> bored. I was very bored. I had been an extrovert living this great life of an extrovert and suddenly I was living an introvert's life of routines and schedules and goldfish crackers and board books and nap times and I was not satisfied or, or fulfilled and I started writing during their nap times and it suddenly became this lifeline for me and so that started actually three years before Rob died I had been blogging and on the day that he died uh, I, I posted something just to let our friends and family know um, what had happened and I said my husband died this morning and there are no words for an ache this deep and someone posted that on Twitter and it went viral 
And my blog then became read by on five different continents. Tens of thousands of people were signing on to see what the widow had to say. And so I continued writing because the only thing that stayed the same from December 22nd through December 23rd and the days following was that I could still write. I still had a laptop. You still had a blog. Right. I still had that. And I still had that <sighs> discipline I had started years before when my children were napping. Right. And so I continued that. And I'd always just written about whatever was on my mind. And now what was on my mind was this gut-wrenching loss that had gutted me. And so I continued writing through that. And what I realized is there was this tribe of people from all over the world who were signing on and who were identifying with that. And supporting you. Yes, but also saying there were three different kinds of people. Okay. There was um, the first kind were pe women, other wives, who were saying, this is what I fear the most. This is what I fear the most, and I don't, know, I don't know how you're doing this, and I've always been so afraid. Thank you for letting me get as close as I possibly can to this yes. without actually having to touch the fire. I can just see what it's like because I don't know what I would do. And the second group of, of people were those who were saying, well, I didn't lose my spouse, but I lost my job. Or I didn't lose my spouse, but I, I have a baby that died. Or I didn't lose my spouse, but I'm bankrupt. And people who and were saying, to you. yes, and they were identifying with the, with the threat of loss and the pain and the darkness and the months of depression and the winter that would not stop. And they were identifying with that. And the third group of people were pastors and counselors and therapists who were saying, oh, my gosh. No one lets us into this dark space. Really? Everyone writes after this. No one writes in During. it. Yes. And so you're letting us see what, it, what it's like and what's actually happening. And this is equipping us to be able to help other people with the pain that they're feeling and the darkness of their own loss. So, uh, and that was how many years ago? That was almost six years ago. That was December of 2010. And so... I'm just going to jump a little bit ahead because we could probably spend two hours on the story because I've talked to you in more depth about some of the things I've talked. I talked to you before you met Peter. You sure did. Yeah. We had lots of fun In fact, together. you were just starting at Starbucks. I was Because you said starting. to me, yes. I can't come in as regularly because I got a new I job got at a new Starbucks. Job at Starbucks. <laughs> oh yes. Gosh. How about that? Yes. Oh, crazy. All right. So we're going to jump to you, Peter. You go to Starbucks. I do. <laughs> and it was not just a search for a wife. Right. It was actually to have like a cup coffee. of coffee. Yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> and I had no idea they had a bonus program. Right. Get a wife. I with that. so yeah, many cups of coffee, yeah. you get, get a, a wife. wife. So, um, yeah. So there she is. She's behind the counter. So tell them what happened. It was a Tuesday uh, so night. I was um, in there with a friend discussing uh, something before we went to sing for choir. And uh, I needed a cup of coffee. So I went up, and there was this wonderful woman behind the counter. And she was not really um, engaged yet. So I had to bring her out right, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Butter her up. Said, so, up to, to Trisha, what you. are we going to put in this cup? And she realized, well, you know, went to the whole Starbucks routine. I, I said, said no. did you want hot or cold? And he said, well, it's a hot cup, hot. And I yeah. said, okay, coffee or tea? coffee of course and i said well it's autumn how about some pumpkin spice trisha let's do that and he said i want some almond milk in my coffee and i said sir i'm so sorry to tell you starbucks doesn't offer almond milk which now they do by the oh, way okay. so that okay. may have blown the whole deal right, right. had, had i ago, just right. been able to say nothing else to talk about here's your almond milk he would have said thank you very much we're finished Goodbye. right but as it was we had this lovely banter back and forth and the more um i was able to draw her out and play um, it was just fun, fun conversation. And so, 
you went on your way that night. So went on that way that night. Somebody that I know um, that works at Starbucks with her was there and said, well, she's single. And I said, well, this isn't a dating situation. I just thought we had a lot of fun. I said, clearly she wouldn't want to date someone like me. And uh, I'd come back because I would work occasionally at Starbucks. And so I would come back in. And then when we had, I believe it was yesterday, a year ago, we sat down and had our first conversation. Wow. And our conversation lasted two and a half hours. And I basically got a preview of the first five chapters live. Of her, right, of my book, of what right. Happened, of what and, happened. And again, if you're just joining us, Trisha Lott Williford and Peter Heyer, and now it's Trisha really Heyer, but we're keeping the name for her books. Um, all right. I, 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 I was blown away because I was watching you on Facebook as right. this transpired. And I wasn't a weirdo. I didn't friend him right away because I'm like, that's super creepy. But actually, when did. I clicked on him, yeah. I saw he was in my circle of friends and I went, whew. Yeah, you knew like he was a of relief show. because your Christian faith was bonding you together. Totally. And so when I saw who he was friends with, like Michelle Ron, hello, like right? Michelle Ron, like the nicest person in the United States. We of love her. Right? right, right. So I thought, oh, well, this guy <laughs> might be okay then. A friend of Michelle's is a friend of ours. Right. We can trust her. Right, right. And so I didn't friend him then because that's super creepy and weird. But um, I, I saw that he was friends with tons of my friends. Mm -hmm. And so then things kept going, and I could tell you guys were getting more serious. Quickly. Yeah. So the two and a half hour talk, did you just like ask her out at Starbucks or say, do you get a break? No, or? it was um, the the conversation just was was endless. So well, he, he just not, kept showing up at yeah. Starbucks. He kept showing up and, and then I would pour his coffee again. And then finally he was like, you know, I'm just going to have a seat over here if you wanted to sit down with me at, at the end of this at the end of this shift. Yeah. And um, we, we continued doing that. I read the books. And so then I would come in for live book reports. Oh. So what were you talking about when you mentioned this on page 97 oh or gosh, 197? And, and then for a I'd while get to he the came in, book. for a while he brought his books in and was reading, reading at the end of the bar. And which made me feel as a barista, like I didn't even know what to do with my hands. Like here's a man who I think is devastatingly handsome sitting at the end of this coffee bar, reading my books that I've written. And he's going to want to talk to me about this. And so I'm serving people coffee and asking them, did you want grande or venti? And I'm thinking in my mind, Okay, I, I, I'll, I'll go sit with him after this. I can, I can sit with him after this. Did you want caramel in that or did you want whipped cream or no whip? I can do this. I can sit with him. I can sit with him. It's not a, it's not a date. I'm just talking to him. I'll, I'll talk with him. And so I came over and, and sat down. And the reason that we know it was a year ago was because um, it was the Halloween party of my, my children's oh. school. Um, and the reason why that stands out is because I, I forgot that my son didn't have any pants at school. And I was so swept away and enamored by this conversation with this devastatingly handsome man that I forgot that my son didn't have pants at oh, school. Yeah, he had taken his costume to wear. Cool. You know, it's a fair requirement. It yes, really is. Yes. He uh, was wearing his little skeleton costume and didn't pack his pants to change into them. The school called and said, Trish, we need his pants. And I was like, right, but I completely forgot. And I just got caught away. Two and a half hours later, my son was still. Carried no away. Pants. Yeah. Carried no away. pants, right. Wow. And then right. after that, you just, that was that, right? They just we kept just, going. We just, it was one. We it just, hasn't stopped. We're still talking every day. Every day. Yeah. How, it's pretty how, great. How soon did you know you wanted to marry her? Like then? Uh, it took maybe a month. Yeah. Maybe. How about you? I knew 
we we had we he sort of um, led me through these kind of progressive dates where we'll just we'll just have lunch at Starbucks, okay? Now or we'll just have coffee. Now he said, you know, we can have lunch. We can. There's other places that aren't right, Starbucks. Yeah, and so, Starbucks. Right. And so how many we times went, you came in? Oh, before. a lot. A lot. Yeah. No, probably every day or every other day for for about two weeks. Okay. Yeah. And then we ventured outside of Starbucks. Yeah, we, we went outside. And so then we, we had margaritas and chips and salsa for just like a happy hour situation. And then he right. said, how about if we have dinner? How about if we have dinner together? And I said, like, real? Like, you're going to come pick me up? He said, I, I would love to do that. And so he picked me up and and he said, um, now let's talk about this. And we were going to Nono's Cafe in Littleton. And he said, let's talk about this. Do you feel like this is a date? And I said, I'm going to respectfully defer to your answer to that question because I thought, there ain't no way I'm going to define this, cowboy. No way. You tell me what this is. Yeah. And he said, well, I talked to my kids on the way here, and I discovered, I, I found out that there's actually a formula for the age difference. Okay. Because Peter's 19 years older than me. Oh, oh wait, really? we're in the part of the year. We're in the part oh, of the year where it's 18. super, yeah. yeah you it's just 18 look super, years. Super young. 18 years. Right. Yeah. yeah, I just look super young. And so it turns out there's a formula. Half, okay. half his age plus seven okay. was enough. And what is that, half the age plus seven? What That's some that? rule. There's like some cultural formula. Dating rule. Okay. For the age difference. So I could be half his age plus seven. Okay. It's, and it worked out, didn't and it? And it worked out. Yeah. He could have even gone all the way down to 34. Really? And I was 36 at the oh, time. Oh, wow. <laughs> and your kids told you that. Yeah. Right. They so. were like, so, Dad, it could be a date. Yeah. So your kids who were, what, 36? Same <laughs> Just kidding, kidding, kidding. Kid All right. So, um, so we go on this date, and he says to me across the table, I, w- I would love a chance to woo this maiden. I would love an opportunity. If you will give this old man a chance, I would love the opportunity to woo this maiden. Would you give me the chance to love you and to listen to you? And he said, I want to do life with you. I want to, to be a good steward of everything you've already started with your children. And I don't know how far this could go or where this could go, but I'd love for you to let me give it a try. What do you think? And he reached his hand across the table to me, and I knew right then, right then, oh, I could marry this man. I could marry this man. She did. Yeah, and she I did, did, did. marry Quickly. Right. Yeah, I mean, gosh, I was still, like, looking you up on Facebook, and you guys found you <laughs> in your the like, wedding photos. There they go. Right, Bye. I know. See ya. Like, with that, how, like, couple, after that date, how many months? Four? Six. Six. But you got engaged, like, three. We I mean, got like, engaged three in February. Yeah. So our first date was in November. We got engaged in February. We got married in May. All right, so yeah. I, I have to, because the boys also are, you know, his boys now. I mean, you're married, and they're like right. his sons. They are. And so um, can you tell a little bit about Christmas? Because your husband had died two days before Christmas. They were three and five. And so Christmas, obviously, a really hard time for the family. Right. A real sense of loss for the boys. Yes. And I, I remember you um, saying that you had had, we have three minutes left so I have to tell the story um how it was all exciting and you know all the presents and that you you were in the car afterwards yeah we were in the car and we were driving home from my parents house on the end of the day on Christmas day and and Peter said to the boys they're in the back seat and he said guys when you look back on Christmas of 2015 I want you to think today about the food that you had and the gifts that you opened and the candy and the cake and the and all the presents and the games and all the fun what are you going to remember about Christmas of 2015? And my eight-year-old said, Peter was there. 
and we all started crying and I was like for crying out loud I can't even I can't even right. I can't see the road driving <laughs> right, 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 right. it was not the answer we were expecting we thought he was gonna say well you know Buzz Lightyear or, yeah. or Captain America or one of the other one there was like something else that was added in there right what was it remind oh, me tell me we've been waiting five years for you Peter that's Tucker. right Tucker that's Tucker. right he said we've been waiting five years for you Peter and finally you're here how could I remember that and you, I you don't were there even know. I know <laughs> she I was know. solving it's true but he said Peter we've been waiting five years for you what did you do Peter I couldn't drive I'm sitting there driving and I'm sobbing I said because <laughs> you, you know oh I got a football or I got you know yeah. and to get those kind of responses from an eight and a ten year old it's like I'm done thank you mic drop I'm you know so you knew this was going to become a family you knew these boys like they'd fallen for you and you'd fallen uh, for uh, them. yeah and we were developing a relationship and how it had happened so quickly that you know I was able to fill a desperate need that they had for the, a father to throw yeah. the football with them. yeah oh yeah play sports with them because I yeah. remember you talking about being a single mom yeah. going to sports and trying to like when they ask for certain things like the baseball the pants like that cup, right I'm like here he has a water bottle what's he need a cup for it? I'm like whoa okay oh, your oh, dad can take it. yeah I'm like right. I don't know about what right. soccer cleats and baseball cleats they're different like I don't know right and so how great that you oh, found Peter he stepped right in he stepped right in and just in the nick of time I will yeah. tell you just in the nick of time absolutely athletic supporter Wow. <laughs> it has been. It has. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. So um, uh, now I know. Now I know. Yeah. Because yeah, okay. So um, wow. It's just so great. I'm just so glad that we're friends Thank and you. we see each other Me in too. our Christian circles. So give everyone your blog again. TrishaLatWilliford.com and uh, the book and life comes back. And then another book's coming, right? Yes, the next one's coming in July. It's called You Can Do This. Are you already, can you do it? Are you already working on it? I am working on it. Exciting. It's coming. Right. Thank you both so much. Thanks, Angie. So Thanks, fun. Angie. We'll be right back with the good news. Perfect. Good news. Your next shopping trip could change the lives of some very special people right here in Colorado. When you shop at ARC Thrift Stores, you'll not only save money, but you'll also give back to our community by helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, just like these ARC ambassadors. A lot of people, they have misconceptions about people with disabilities. A lot of them think that we can't do things that other people can do, and that's just not true. We can do what other people can do. It may take us a little bit more time to do it, but we can. We're just like any other human being. We have feelings and we have emotions, and if given the chance, we can shine. And I think that ARC has done a very good job at showing that. I like it there, and it helps me out to learn about reading off the labels and stuff. I like helping out different people, a lot of different people I help out. Find the ARC store near you at arcthrift.org. It's nonprofit, and it's a great company to work for and a great place to shop. And remember, every Saturday, you get 50% off most items in the store. Hey, it's Angie Austin. Do you want to lose weight, have more energy, sleep better, just feel better, live longer, not get sick? Yeah, me too. So a little over a year ago, my family started working with Dr. Joe, and he has helped us so much, especially with my mom. She's now walking again. Uh, she uses a cane, but she wears a pedometer as well, Dr. Joe. And every Saturday, you offer for all of us. We can come to your office, have a free workout, or just watch the workout and come and ask you questions and meet you. It costs them nothing, no obligation. I just want people to get to know you and your passion for health. Science says the key to sleeping better, the key to depression, 
depression, the key to losing weight and balancing hormones is exercise. But not a lot of it, just six to 12 minutes a day. And so whether I'm working with Olympic athletes or professional athletes or mommies and daddies, people in their 50s, 60s, even 70s on these workouts on Saturday at 8.30, man, we have a great time. And it literally is a 12 minute workout. It's all it is. And it's easy stuff to do. You work at your own pace and you get amazing results. Yeah, so come to North Glen Saturdays. It's free. How do they reach you, Dr. Joe? Call my cell phone, 303-349-6011. Again, 303-349-6011. For over 120 years, the Denver Rescue Mission has been providing services to those in need and the homeless in the metro area. It is the oldest full-service Christian charity in the Rocky Mountain region. Since its conception in 1892, it has expanded to helping the homeless and hungry to provide services for men and single mothers, offering programs such as rehabilitation for those suffering from addiction and abuse, education and career centers, family services, and life restoration. The Denver Rescue Mission is always in need of your assistance. You can help this growing organization by donating clothing, food, furniture, and more at any of the drop-off locations. For more information on their services, ways you can help, and to donate online, go to denverrescuemission.org. denverrescuemission.org. Changing lives in the name of Christ. Hey, it's Angie with the good news. You've heard me say time and time again, the YMCA of the Rockies is my absolute favorite place in the world to take my family. And we have Lisa Newjar here with the YMCA of the Rockies. And Lisa, you have some fall specials? We do. We have a bunch of events coming up. We have a couple of fall fest weekends at both centers where you can come up and just take part in special fall themed events. Excellent. Your website? YMCARockies.org. YMCARockies.org. Check it out. You won't regret it. When going to a chiropractor, you may be thinking that they won't be able to help you for the long term. However, Dr. Joe Arve at Maximize Living will change your mind. The moment you meet him, you will find that he is your best friend. He treats you like you are part of his family, and he truly cares about you and your health. He is very knowledgeable about long-term health and wellness. Through the use of spinal correction, he helps you discover what it takes to be a healthier you and will help you feel better even after your first adjustment. He will also share with you the essentials to healthy living so you can take your health back. No matter what stage of life you're in, he will help you develop a plan to achieve the goals you set. Get ready to make a positive change in your life. Give him a call at 303-457-8080. 303 303- for 578080 or spinegeek.com maximized living adjustments for life Welcome back to the good news. Well, this is good news. Award-winning photographer Tom Stoddard is joining us to talk about a compelling exhibit that features photographs of refugees from around the world. Welcome, Tom. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be with you. All right, let's talk first about what inspired the museum to host this exhibit in Washington and shine such a bright light on this situation, uh, you know, refugees around the world. What will we learn, see, and what inspired it? Well, I think the inspiration uh, came from uh, the fact that five uh, photographers um, uh, were sent around the world. We, we all had different assignments and we, we went off to shoot some in color, uh, some in black and white. Um, myself, I'm a, a black and white photographer. And so we went off to document uh, this amazing situation. Um, I mean, there are 65 million people who, according to UNHCR, have been displaced and who are fleeing from war, poverty and famine. And of course, 
the reason it's here is that uh, the museum is a, a perfect place to show such work. And especially at this time, President-elect Trump uh, and the political situation, uh, the eyes of the world are on uh, Washington, D.C. So perfect timing and a perfect place for this kind of work. So with the pictures of the refugees around the world that the five photographers took, how do the images uh, capture hope in the face of such hardship? Well, that was one of the most important things that we wanted to do. Um, We wanted to get that message across that, you know, we were photographing uh, people who were fleeing from war and uh, looking for better lives. But all along, our core message, we were trying to show the strength and the dignity and the um, character that you need and hope as well that you need. I mean, to put your family on a, on a small boat to cross, an earth, cross a sea, um, you, you have to be desperate to um, to try and seek um, a better life. So, uh, for instance, myself, I went to uh, Lesbos, um, the Greek island, and uh, photographed people just arriving on shore. And then I traveled with them through uh, places like Slovenia, Croatia, Serbia, and finally um, photographed them in in Berlin at Christmas. So um, it was very interesting to see the way they'd uh, fitted into cultures. It was the first time that they'd seen consumerism, the first time they'd seen snow. And it was amazing to see the the hope and the optimism that um, they were showing um, after their long and arduous journey. Well, the museum, such a great venue. What else is the museum doing to recognize historic moments and current events, etc.? Well, I'm, I'm British. I just came in last night. I just had a look around um, the museum. And, it, and it's an amazing place, especially for families. Particularly interesting to me is sections of the Berlin Wall. There's wow. a large uh, piece of the Berlin Wall that is here. And um, it's interesting for me because I was actually on the Berlin Wall on November the 9th, 1989, when it fell. And I photographed the very first people to uh, leave East Germany and kind of uh, cross into the West um, and to gain freedom. So that's um, very interesting uh, historically. Um, there's all of the prize-winning images from uh, Pulitzer-winning photographers. There's uh, a memorial to journalists who've uh, sadly been uh, killed in the, in the line of duty. So there's an awful lot of interesting uh, things to look at here. Well, Tom, you've, you know, in your award-winning uh, career as a photographer, stared a lot of things in the face, including war and refugees. Any highlights for you? Anything that's brought you joy? Because often Sometimes you do have to bring us pain. Oh, I'm I'm uh, always when I'm talking to uh, young photographers, uh, I always say that people will focus on uh, conflict. I think um, it's overrated the amount of attention conflict photography gets because uh, we along the way we photograph some amazing things. Mm-hmm. Even in, even when times are, are hard, you know, you're you're dealing with human beings and they they will always uh, they're, they're always at their best in adversity. But you know, things like I you know I spent six weeks with Nelson Mandela as he became president of the uh, of South Africa. Uh, just recently I was working uh, for Angelina Jolie on her uh, charity work in uh, Cambodia and uh, Myanmar. And there, there are many things that we photograph that are, you know, make you smile. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, the good news uh, likes to bring smiles to people. All right, Tom, where do we go for more info? Well, the exhibition uh, at the museum is on till March 12th. And uh, your listeners can get more information from the museum website, which is museum.org. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Tom. It was a real pleasure. Thank you very much indeed. Have a good weekend. You too.
Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.